up, everybody? I am Levi Brickley with the Pursuing Truth podcast. This is only the fourth try of me getting my name out. And this is SNL Hot Takes with my awesome co-host, Samantha Jimenez. And uh, <laughs> how you doing? How's your week been? You know, how, did you get any feedback on the last episode? You, you hear anything or what's up? Okay, so hi. Hi, everybody. Um, we're back for another one. Get ready to hear a lot of us. Um, everything's been great. It's been hot out here in SoCal this week. We got some weird weather happening. Um, so it's hot. It's hot in here. I got a new mic. I hope you guys can hear the difference in the quality. We're trying to make improvements here. We are making improvements here on the podcast because I've been hearing some really good feedback about the conversation. So why not go all in and invest some more? I believe in you know the conversations that we have and the feedback that we're getting. So we're going all in on making sure we give the listeners quality and more quality as we progress and just talk about a variety of different things. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, I'm ready, and I hope people enjoy what we got to talk about today. Today, we are going to be talking about complementing masculinity and femininity. Now, um, anytime I have to say femininity, um, I'm probably really going to struggle. I think that that's probably the hardest word in the Webster Dictionary for me to pronounce at this point. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been trying to say it all day, and I'm like, femininity. Femininity. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about how, how your masculinity as a man or your femininity as a woman complement one another and how that's the reason why we're naturally attracted to one another. Um, to start off the conversation, you know, I, uh, I was really thinking about the psychology be behind the Adam and Eve story. And, um, I think that it's, it's, it's the beginning, right? It's the beginning of telling the story of masculinity and femininity and the importance behind each one knowing their roles. For instance, a lot of men seem to think that their masculinity is superior to women without understanding the reason why women were created for men and the true intrinsic value that women provide in our lives as men. I think this is going to be a really di good, diverse conversation with you and I, Sam. Yeah. Um, but Adam falls asleep. And when Adam falls asleep, which is the closest thing to death that we will ever experience is when we're asleep, right? And Adam's asleep, and from his rib, God makes Eve. But why does God make Eve? It's to compliment Adam. Because Adam is out naming everything in the world, right? He was given that responsibility to name the a bird, to name a snake, to, to name the trees and, and all of those things. It's in the same chapter too, right? He's going, he goes from naming everything to being asleep and the, the rib being taken out. I believe it wasn't the exact same, like they're like just a couple of verses apart. So they're, they're really joined together. Yeah. And what's insane about it is like the, the depth at which just in those few sentences to really comprehend what's going on there. It's like he's given the authority to go out and name everything in life and kind of logically explain and 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 um, 
reason his life and his meaning at that time. But why do you think, Sam, so from that point, why do you think that God created the woman for the man? Well, the text says that he goes from giving the authority of naming everything on earth that God has just created, and then he goes to sleep. And I like how you said that, closest to death. I never I never heard it phrased that way. And then he falls asleep, and then a rib is taken from him. And it specifically says that with all this power that he's been given, the authority that he's been given by God, he doesn't have a woman. But specifically, it says he was given a help meet. Like, again, I read the King James Version, and that version it specifies by saying help me. And I know in other versions it says a helper. Um, but what my understanding is help me. And that's, that's two, two key words that have been put together that only, I've only seen it put together in the Bible. So to be a helper, to be, um, a good representation of, Adam is what Eve is created for. So what it, what what is that help? What it, what does that help look like? What does it look like for Adam or for us? Today? Like like how how is she helping Adam? Oh, I see. She's helping him because well, that's a that's a good question. Yeah. So so I think that's what we're about to dig into right there. The the natural need that a man has for a woman. Obviously, God recognized in creating Eve that there was a need in a man's life for a woman. It goes back to that Proverbs verse that I think I've hit on on every SNL hot takes, that a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. It's because we intrinsically, as men, need a woman in our life. And so when, when, when the patriarchy within culture right now with the feminist movement saying, oh, the, the, it, a hierarchy is patriarchy and it's all just terrible. That's the wrong perspective to have here. And it's explained with the help that the man ha- needs in his life and the reason why God created the woman. Here's the reason why I think God created the woman to help the man. Because the man needs somebody to challenge him. The man needs somebody to hold him accountable. Look, I, I, and, and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about ego, right? If, if, a, if a man's caught up in all of the things that he's able to create, all the things he's able to, 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 to name and find the meaning of life and reasoning and everything, but he doesn't have anybody to challenge him, then it's almost like, what does he need God for? Right? Because our challenges, oftentimes, just like in our suffering, brings us to the reality of the meaning behind it, which then can actually draw us closer to God. And so as we're challenged, as, you know, maybe it's like, I want to name that snake a rattlesnake, per se. Well, I think that that should be a corn snake or, or whatever, you know, but, but, but it adds diversity to where the man isn't contemplating life all on his own. I think also God knew God is, God is all knowing. 
And God knew that Adam and Eve were not going to live out the end of their days in the garden. God knew that the serpent was going to come and intervene and they were going to be kicked out. And in that, like later in Genesis, it says that after when God comes to Adam and Eve, after they've eaten of the fruit, he says that Adam's punishment is to toil the earth now. He was, and he was in the garden, had everything that he needed. He didn't have to work. He didn't have to work to provide for his family. And God says that to him as a punishment, just like he says to the woman that part of her punishment was going to be the pain within conceiving. But focusing on what Adam's punishment is, it focuses on how much work he was going to have to put in just for survival, just for providing. That wasn't even a thought, just the way they didn't even think about clothes on their bodies. Now they have to worry about every tiny little detail. And it was more so up to, it was more so up to Adam to be responsible for doing that. And I think that the value that a woman brings when she understands her femininity and the power within her femininity is being able to bring a balance to a man who is working on the goal that God has provided for him, the goal that God intends for him to be able to have somebody there. Because I, I imagine that being a man who just has to work day in and day out, like I have good example of men, hardworking men around me in my family. And I see that if they had women that were able to bring like that softness or that gentleness to their lives, it's able, you're able to kind of ease the, the hardworking side where you can kind of just relax and breathe a little bit because outside of that, you're constantly go, 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 as opposed to when you're with a woman who has that vulnerability that she can bring out of a man. Yeah, wow. You, you, you hit on so much there to unpack. And um, I, I, I do want to say, if you guys don't know what toil means, it, it means work. What is that vulnerability that a man needs to, to, to have to open up to the woman, which is also interesting because in today's culture, women will often say that they want a vulnerable man mm-hmm. because us men, we put on a shell because we get so in tune with the motions of life and you hit on it perfectly that sometimes that needs to be toned back and kind of brought back to the emotional side of the man. Because we can get caught up in the process of everything around us. We, we, we as men oftentimes overly analyze and contemplate the things in this world. And so what we lose is the touch within ourselves of emotion. And it's not that men are intrinsically emotionless, but that we need a woman to bring out the emotional side of us because we get caught up into what's going on in our lives. Um, and it's a balance um, on, the, on the opposite end as well for a woman to have a man bring that logical side to where a woman is, tends to be more emotional. So for, I mean, in the context we're talking about it, we're talking about Eve being a help meet. What did she bring to Adam? I think the, the interesting part of it is like, we never really know. There's so many different interpretations of it, especially when the topic of like femininity and masculinity is so hot and trendy right now that I I think um, it's timely we're talking about this because it is 
goes ups and downs within like the trends and I think the Bible just like that's the traditional form of masculinity and femininity so being able to break it down I think is interesting because there's there's always going to be questions also let, let, let let's turn it just a little bit here and and talk about um, competence do you Sam do you look for a man that's that's competent, that understands things in the world? Is that attractive to you? Definitely, and I'll tell you why. It's because I want to know that when I am being more emotional or leaning more into my emotions, I need somebody who is going to keep me aligned with not becoming too vulnerable. It's good to be vulnerable, but as women, we have somebody if we can have somebody who's there to protect us and bring solutions, there's some men oftentimes tend to be solution based. So yeah, it's definitely attractive on almost a biological level. I think to want to be with a man or find those men to be attractive because they are always looking for the best way to do something or just really trying to be as effective as possible. You're, you're hitting it tonight, yo. I love it. SNL hot takes. Uh-uh. Another, another punch, yo. This is good. There's, um, there's a need for in a woman that when her emotions are too high, that she needs to have the reasoning that the man can provide. It's not that a woman can't reason. It's not that there aren't, look, the, I always have to say this on, on every episode because I know the way we are conditioned as a culture is, is to think of me saying these things from the man perspective, talking about women and thinking that I'm generalizing all women that they can't reason. I hate, I like, I know that's a strong word, but I can't stand that. There's not enough people that have an open mind about this that this is a simple conversation and that's it. Okay. But there are women out there that do not reason because they think so much with their emotional side. There are other women that do not. And that's the essence of, of what a man brings to the table is that he brings in the logical things to start you know, but, but, but this too, a man needs to be able to ask questions. A man needs to understand why she feels the way she does. That's what makes mm-hmm. a good man is a man that can effectively communicate with her to understand why she's feeling and going through the things that she's going through. And not also that a man needs a woman, especially not today. Like a lot of men are just simply choosing not to be in relationships to just not get married because a lot of men don't see the gain especially not financially, to be in a marriage or to be in a relationship. So that is something that women, I think, we need to take into consideration when we're thinking, like, we are always going to have a ton of options because right now a lot of men are choosing to opt out of relationships just in general, and it's unfortunate because we as women think that we have a a lot more time than we – we all think we have more time, and we're all – we're all, you know, just trying to make it out here. But the reality is that a lot of men are just choosing not to be with women anymore. They're just like, you know what? I'd rather be on my own. Yeah. So I think if we as women just kind of like assessed ourselves and said, okay, how in touch am I? How in touch am I with my emotions? 
and my logical side and what can I do to kind of balance those two out and if more women I think if we did that it would make things a little bit more realistic for our expectations I'm, I'm going to share something that's really been on my heart lately and I think that that men and women need to hear this and I also think that there's going to be a lot of people that are upset with me saying this. But I genuinely have been rolling through the motions in my mind thinking about this. That every problem within the home, every problem within relationships and culture and society, men are responsible for. Because we are called to logically go through life and reason things. And our weakness is when we allow, when we allow things in life to take away that meaning and that purpose that we have as men. And so when, when the man gets distracted, let's say the man gets distracted with alcohol and then he is no longer present in the home, the result of that, from a child's standpoint, is a female, the daughter, is going through life wondering, what type of man do I want, and what does a real man look like, and how can he treat me appropriately? And the boy, as he gets into his manhood, he's either going to have to find somebody to mentor him, or it's going to be an act of God for him to contemplate what does a real man look like. And so that's at the foundation within the home, what the man plays. And everything starts within the home. And so when you have all of these different um, statistics out there, 50% failed marriages, 90% of, of children that... Uh, drop out of high school or from a fatherless home. 70% are, are that commit suicide, juveniles that commit suicide are from a fatherless home. When you look at all those things, you see the importance of a man. And a man that can logically reason and, and go through life and find the meaning and the purpose in his personal life that then plays out into his family's life, plays out into his community's life. But, but, but also on, on, on the other sense is take it on to the next level. Now let's, let's get this man involved in the community. Is he a good coach? Is he a good man to other children? Or is he maybe the, let's put this into like, um, look at lions. Okay. Sometimes the lion doesn't accept other lioness cubs because they aren't part of the pack. They aren't his to own, to, to, to take care of. So he's not going to take on that responsibility. And oftentimes within nature, what you actually see is, is the, the father um, lion doesn't allow those cubs to live and ends up killing them potentially. And that happens with other species within the animal world. But you, looking at us as human beings, that's also us here too. But recognizing that our leadership and our ability to go out and provide for the family says something to these other children around us and how that complements into the community 
so that then these kids have another good man that they can turn to and look up to and possibly be a mentor for them later on in life. Maybe it's a baseball coach or maybe it's the high school teacher that you met or, or something along those lines. Um, so again, I know people won't like that perspective that men are responsible for the collapse within culture and society. But the man also, here's the reverse end of that. The man that abuses the woman, the man that abuses the children, whether emotionally, mentally, or sexually, is the weakest man on the face of this earth because a man is called to be able to tame his emotions, tame his meaning, tame his, his, his masculinity at times to allow femininity and to balance that. And that's the reason why this conversation is so important because I don't want a woman to take away from everything I just said here. And it's like, well, obviously Levi thinks that men are more important than women. And that's absolutely not the case at all. Men need the balance there, like we were talking about in the beginning. It's unfortunate that every time we try to point out, not just you and I, but just in general, whenever people point out that men struggle with things or that men have a difficult time expressing their emotions, like society says that they care about men's mental health, but yet there's far less resources for men to get support with mental health. And when it comes down to us talking about what we're talking about, like a man embracing his masculinity and a woman embracing her femininity, that doesn't mean it, it's unfortunate that when we talk about masculinity, people associate masculinity with being overpowering. And that's not at all what, what masculinity, the true type of masculinity that you and I are talking about is it's not about overpowering or making somebody else a woman in this case being less than this is just about somebody who as a man is embracing the god-given gifts that he's been given and a woman being able to embrace the femininity that god has given her it's not it's not a power play it's just both people both parties being able to come together with the gifts that they've been given to Take care. That's, I think, to me, the most important part is to take care of the new generations for the children, to have a good example for what it looks like to, to grow up in a loving home, to not be in a family that is abusive or in, um, experiencing a family that is not a healthy place to grow up in. So when we talk about masculinity, we're not talking about overpowering or making a woman you know, disregard her ability to be able to just do basic things. Like that's definitely not what we're talking about here. So yeah, I think, um, people, people get it twisted when, when they hear masculinity, that's not at all what that means. What's the role that a woman plays within the home or say within the community, like what I described about the role that the man plays? Right. So the woman is, tends to be fully responsible for passing along 
the culture and tradition onto her younger children, whereas a man typically is, in the traditional sense, out working, he's providing, he's being the breadwinner for the family, being the financial support for the family, whereas I'm not a man, but in my experience and the men I've talked to, the men in my family, I discuss these things and I say, hey, what, what do you look for in a woman when you're looking at what type of person she is, what type of woman she is? What are the qualities that you would attribute a woman to be quality for a wife? And the response I hear often is, would she be a good mother to my children? Because she, this person is responsible. She's going to take care and nurture the future of, you know, the children. So being able to provide and embrace the tradition, the culture, um, just the societal norms that each family is responsible for falls on, falls on the mother. The mom will also show the type of woman that a boy needs in his life. If she's loving, if she's nurturing, if she shows the emotions, if she gives the balance where dad is absent from the home, maybe working all the time or maybe not nearly as emotionally available as mom. It's like, you know, when a when a kid falls down, scrapes up the elbow. Mom's usually like, here comes the helicopter. I'm coming in to save you. Some moms. And the dad's like, get up, brush yourself off. Get back to work. Go do your thing, you know. Um, play the game. It's because I, I think that us men, we often fall in our lives. Um, we can fall at work. Uh, I'll, I'll put myself out there. One thing that I've struggled with throughout my 20s uh, immensely is being able to wake up on time. I think since I fixed that. Um, but I got into such a deep realm of sleep that... I simply wasn't able to, to wake up. And so I had to make steps. I had to do things that, uh, that exposed, why is this happening? Like I'm set in law enforcement. I have a very good career. Why at the simplest possible thing of waking up on time, why do I continually fail? And where that's, where that's going is the potential of me losing a job. And now I've, I've also established myself financially because the idea was, you know, I want to be secure. I want to be financially secure. I want to be emotionally available for when the woman that God has designed for me comes into my life. So I've been establishing myself that way. And here I am, the simplest thing, if I don't wake up on time, I could lose my job and potentially lose the house, the car, the... 401k, the, the credibility, everything that I establish in my life as a man, I then become a failure or, or at least appear to be a failure to the community for not being able to wake up on time. So steps that I had to take was I had to get blood work done to figure that out. And then I, I, I got this awesome thing that, that shocks me awake. I wear a shock collar. Literally, <laughs> every day, uh, every night when I go to sleep, I wear a it's shock a collar. collar. And well, it's 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 like a watch. It's a watch. Okay. And it literally shocks me. I have been in such a deep realm of sleep that I have woke up and my left hand is numb from being shocked so much. But That's crazy. getting blood work done, I found out I'm I'm uh, 
I have a low vitamin D deficiency. And so I started taking vitamin D and I haven't been late for, for nine months. But all of that says like, that's the type of things that us men should be doing. Like we, we should be going out and establishing our lives absent of a woman. We should be going out and finding meaning in our life. And we should go out and, and do our best to become successful in life absent of a woman. Because Right now, what you choose to do as a man that's single is going to reciprocate into the self-control that you'll have with your wife. Like, like seriously, there's men that will be, uh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I want to so hear what you have to say. When you, when you say that too, I'm thinking of a woman who would be attracted to a man that already has his goals established, Right. A woman who sees that a man is trying to and on his way to accomplishing whatever, maybe financial, career, personal, health, whatever the goal may be. But when a woman sees a man and sees that he is getting work done and he's going to get that work done regardless of having a woman by her side, it's not that he needs a woman by his side to get the work done. The work is going to get done. It's not a matter of like if. The work is going to get done, but the fact of a woman witnessing and seeing that a man is actually playing out, he has a plan, and the plan is being played out, and for her to be an asset, for her to be a contributor, a positive contributor, how can I help you, what can I do to advance this for you, what do you need, not to be a distraction, not to be, why aren't you spending time with me, or what I need more of this, and you're not doing that, not to be like nagging but to be supportive a support system that is what makes something so much more attractive for a woman when she sees a man that says you know what he doesn't need me per se but i want to be there to be able to get to where he's going because i want to be there with him we can both win together instead of one person i want to be there and, and a man who knows that you know what she's gonna be there on the same path as me and just keep going, that's even better, but he doesn't need her to be there. And right there is the essence of Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. That right there is the essence of Adam and Eve. Irregardless, if Eve was there, he was still naming the trees absent of Eve. He was still going out and working. He was still doing the things that God gave him the authority to do in life. And in the same way, as a single man, I'm doing that. I'm going out with the authority that I have, the, the, the freedom that I have to go out into this world and make an impact doing it irregardless if a woman loves me and I come home to that because my meaning is beyond having a relationship, far beyond it. And so once I establish that, now it becomes what type of woman do I look for? The things that you're, you're saying, like that is so true. Because I can tell you this, as a 28-year-old man now, and I probably would have never said this as a 22-year-old man or boyish man. You're kind of in a weird phase. I think that you're in this like weird phase until you're about 25, 26, and then things start happening in your life and you're like, man, what's going on? At least that's what happened to me. Some people have to grow up a lot quicker than me, but um, for, for me, you know, being a 28 year old man, 
and seeing the things that I've established, maybe it's like this platform or being involved in my career and my career is very difficult. I've taken very, 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 very difficult calls that I don't talk to anybody about because I can't legally. And having a woman to come home to, to allow me the opportunity to release the emotions that I'm feeling or even understanding I have dark humor. Okay. I have, I mean, it's naturally just kind of how I, how I deal with the things that I've seen. I have very dark humor. So a woman that understands my dark humor and understands what that's coming from and doesn't take it personally and not because my dark humor is not like a personal attack. It's like a, 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 a joke out there not about her. It's about the situation. And I'm like, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to give examples cause they're really messed up. I never do it on the pursuing truth podcast, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I need that. I need that as a single man. And I want the woman to compliment me. I want the woman to, to, to be there so that I can continue to live my purpose as a man and also be the type of man that a child needs. And I want the woman that is so in tune with her emotions, but isn't jealous of everything in life. Look, women are naturally a little bit more jealous than men are, I think. You know, there's a lot of women that are more jealous. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And there's, there's also women that are sometimes a little bit more conniving per se, like they want to provoke things. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whereas as us men, what we do, we may say somebody is dumb because, and, and I've learned this in law enforcement that a lot of times like jokes are thrown at the rookies or the people that don't really kind of understand what's going on in the midst of the conversation. But at its essence, at, at the deepest levels of the psychology is that person is throwing out the joke to this other man to test his competence. Can he understand? Can he understand? Like, this is just a joke. We move on and we work. We do our thing. And whereas, whereas women often want to throw the other woman under the bus because she wants to look like I'm the woman that every man needs, maybe. Would that be correct? Or am I stepping out of bounds saying that, Sam? I think you're, I think you're pretty spot on. I think women are very psychological and more drawn out. They don't necessarily need to have an immediate result when it comes to, like, if they're trying to get back at somebody or anything, like, kind of like a lot of backhanded compliments. That's a good example. You know, without, they're kind of beating around the bush instead of saying, like, oh, you don't look good in that then you can say, oh, well, I wouldn't wear that, just like as an example, right? Because women aren't as direct, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not as um, judgmental, Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, they just have a different way of expressing themselves, whereas a man will just be way more direct. So would you say, like, women are more dis or more agreeable or disagreeable? What What do you think about that? agreeable because okay i'll use this as an example men will typically be more straightforward with with each other if it comes to like somebody who's gaining weight i've heard guys and they're just like you need to work out you need to stop eating so much 
And if a woman, like, said to me, like, oh, I think I'm, like, getting kind of fat, I wouldn't be like, yes, you are. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't say that. And I don't I don't really know any woman that would do that. You'd be, no, 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 you, you look great. You look good. Don't, don't, you know. So, so women are not um, as upfront or confrontational about saying exactly how they feel. They have, they'll have a way of getting it out. Maybe not, you know, as direct, but they'll still, they'll still kind of say what they think. Yeah, like women are naturally more encouraging than men are. You know, I, I was thinking about it as you were saying that, Sam. That, like, for 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 a man to hear from another man that, hey, I'm proud of you, dude. You're doing a good job. You're making the right moves. And you're somebody that I can look up to. Those are the most encouraging words that a man will ever receive. And when he hears that from a woman, it's something really special. But men don't generally give that type of encouragement all the time. Not a lot of men. Some men do. But... A lot of men don't because maybe they don't even recognize the need for the encouragement. But women, you know, using your example, going off of that, a woman being like, ah, I'm gaining so much weight. I'm getting fat. I'm unattractive, blah, 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 blah. The natural response to that as a woman is, no, you're not. It's okay. Like you, you aren't, you aren't fat. You, you aren't this, you aren't that. But there's also the disagreeable, agreeable side of that, right? It's the reason why the man isn't being as open and forthcoming with his encouragement is because he's more disagreeable with you. Because a man oftentimes looks at other men around him as a challenge, that I got to be a better man than him. And that's the reason why when you hear the red pill movement, it's all about being alpha. Well, what does alpha mean? It's, it means that I'm the best man in the room. I'm the best option all of these women have or the best option in the workforce. Whereas women want to encourage other women to essentially be more compassionate, more loving, because that's in their nature to be that way. And I, I found that so fascinating you were saying that. It's definitely within our nature, but oftentimes what happens is women have had to be in survival mode for so long that it's kind of difficult to connect with that. Like, for example, maybe a single mother who is raising young children and has to financially provide for her family and they might be living paycheck to paycheck and she can't really embrace her female essence or that side and and for a lot of women it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort for us to be able to really understand why it is that we can't bring a man in a, a man can't just enter into our lives and we'll say you know what I want to take care of you and I want you to I want to help you I want to support you for a lot of us that can be extremely difficult because you have this wall up of not being able to let somebody in and men of course have that to an extent but I'm speaking as far as like a woman having to survive and take care of other people for so long that it can be difficult for a man to come in and men might take it personal what am I doing wrong why did she push me away why what am I not doing enough of to be able to 
get this relationship or get what I want from this. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's anything that the man is lacking. It could just be that a lot of women have not been able to come to an understanding of themselves of being able to let that wall down or allow somebody to come into the picture and help them. A lot of women were not used to that. So it is within our nature, and I just think it's beautiful for a woman to be able to to break down that wall and it, it, allow a man so, to come in and do what he does well. Sam, I'm, I'm not meaning to interrupt you, but I, I want... I want to understand this a little bit better. So what you're saying is is that there's a potential that a woman is more encouraging to other women because she may not feel confident in herself? Is that or or did I just totally mistake that? Well, the way that I'm okay, so going back to like the example that I used, right? Like a woman not being as like upfront or honest, I think that that is because one, she's being extremely encouraging, but number two, because she doesn't necessarily know how to be honest with another woman without hurting her feelings. So it might be it might be something that she's a little bit threatened by, but a lot of women don't want to have that confrontation with another woman where you might feel like and women are extremely competitive as well. Like men are competitive, but women are extremely competitive. It's just so, in a different nature, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's a different nature because sometimes women would say, "Oh no, you're not," out of like just being a bad friend. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't think that the girl is gaining weight, but she's like, "Oh no, it's fine," you know, <laughs> like don't worry about it. Yeah, so talking I, about I that, it, I got a little story for you. I was down in Dallas, Texas, back in May, and. I was at this bar with my sister and, and my, my niece. And here's this girl, like absolutely gorgeous. She's wearing this blue dress and I'm like, I'm going to go up and talk to her. So I go up and I introduce myself, you know, start talking to her a little bit. And then I ask for her phone number and which is probably, I don't know. So I, I always cringe whenever I think about that. Um, but anyways, I ask for her phone number and here comes her friend and she swoops in and she's like, um, she's taken. Why did the friend have to come in and do that for her? Why is that, Sam? Well, the girl obviously blue dress could have spoken for herself, obviously, right? Yeah. She could have said, Hey, but she didn't, or maybe she, she took my phone. To. She was about to put the number in. Well, there you go. Okay. So that, that's, that's more of an explanation. Okay, so the friend that swoops in probably is like, no, I don't want you to come and interfere with this group that I have. It's more like a, a defensive thing. Maybe because she feels threatened by the girl in the blue dress. She knows that her friend in the blue dress probably always gets the attention, and men are always asking for her number. And she's like, no, not again. This is You're not going to ruin this night for me. That's more of like a – but it's under it's – under like, disguise of being like oh i'm a friend and it's because she's already taken i'm looking out for her but in reality she's probably threatened by the blue dress because that girl gets most of the attention and and the friend doesn't so it's 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 the potential competitiveness in that sense that that maybe this other girl doesn't get approached as often Yes. And, and, and there comes a point where you're just like, I'm sick of it. You know, I, she gets all the attention everywhere we go. Men are always talking to her and I, I don't get anything. It's like a, yeah, it's a defensive 
comparison. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the way I thought about it. I'm like, why is this girl swooping in? This is, this is weird. Uh, never, never had that happen. Um, there was something that you said that I really wanted to hit on and I'm trying to think about it. Well, I think women are extremely supportive and I think it's great, but there's times where like I get negative feedback on things that I say because I talk about, for example, like women working out and, you know, maintaining a healthy body weight. It's not about the weight in itself, but it's more so just about like taking care of your health taking care of what you eat, watching, making sure that, you know, you have everything portioned. So people can take that to one extreme to say that I think all women should be like a size zero and that's not what I'm saying. But I just, I mean to say that when women are honest with each other about, you know what, let's go work out together. Let's encourage one another. Let's do something together because mentally it's going to make you feel so much better moving your body fitness can have such a positive effect on our mental health a positive effect on our mental health so yeah women should be encouraging but we should also be honest with each other if we say hey this might you know help you if we encourage one another to stay accountable to to our health goals or our fitness goals that doesn't necessarily mean that we're putting somebody down but that's another way of uplifting one another that doesn't mean we have to be demeaning or say you're getting fat you need to go to the gym or you need to stop doing this like it's not talking right somebody offering suggestions you're you're just trying to encourage her to be pushed to go and become more healthy essentially yeah exactly but i i want to go back to something that that you kind of softly hit on a little bit is that women have a lot at risk what did you mean by that like like what type of things do women have at risk that maybe us men should evaluate and the reason why we should be strong men? So I saw a good quote. I don't remember who it was, but it said something along the lines of a man who's passive is going to attract a guarded woman. I believe that's how it went. And I agree with that because a man who is just extremely, you know what, it's fine either way, one way or the other is okay with me is going to attract a woman that isn't going to ever allow him to lead because in him being so passive, somebody has to take the role of the masculine, assertive, like, decision-maker. And women will will be in a relationship with a man who's that way. They'll entertain a man that's, that's doing that, especially if he's financially, like, paying for the dates and, hey, let's go on this trip. Sure, yeah, she's going to be with you. She'll maybe spend time with you. But will she want to give you maybe like a marriage if that's what that man wants? Probably not. It's just she is not going to be long-term attracted to a man who's just indecisive or not really standing with his guard and knowing what type of person he is. If he can be like thrown around with his decision making and his process, like that's not gonna that's not gonna last as long term as as a man might be expecting for it to be. Yeah, and I think the risk that women have is their role as as a child. And you know, this kind of comes from and not getting into this topic at all, but kind of comes from maybe that argument of of abortion that like my body, my choice, because she is going to take on more responsibility birthing a child 
that she may be put in a position where she has to take care of the child going forward and the man can just leave and not even think twice about it. That's the risk that a woman has. And then also that at that point, then she becomes financially instable because she may not have the second income or his income to provide and take care of the child, which she is going to feel more obligated naturally than a man will feel obligated. I mean, that's the truth, yo. It's not that there aren't men that are obligated to take care of their children, that it's like the the objective truth inside of them to take care of the child. I'm the type of person to be that way. Like I'm going to take care of my kids because that's what I, that's what I aspire to be. That's what I, I truly and genuinely care about. But there are men that can look at it and be like, well, I could just leave this situation. I don't even have to have the headache of the kids. I don't have to have the headache of the wife, like screw her. She, she doesn't matter to me, this and that and blah, 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 blah. That is a weak man. But again, that's the risk that she runs. And so when she is looking for a man that is, this gets into another topic. I love this discussion. Again, I, I just love it. This is awesome. This is what SNL Hot Takes is all about. This is what the Pursuing Truth podcast is all about, is that we dig into these conversations to find the reason and the meaning behind everything to pursue truth so that we can understand the world. Another point, too, is a woman is risking a lot, and you will hear a lot of women using that as, like, an explanation to why they don't want to get married anymore. They're justifying why they don't want to have kids anymore. It's because men can just get up and walk out and just not be responsible for the child, right? But, I mean, at the end of the day, women hold, and this is, like, something that cycles within, like, red pill, is that women hold sexual authority, Men hold the authority for the relationship, putting a label on something, get it revol- evolving into a marriage. But women, we hold the security of sex. So if you, as women, think that you know you want to hold off on having children or getting married because he can just get up and walk away, well, we control the sexual authority. So it's up to us to pick the correct man appropriately and really vet the man, like make sure he's not putting up a facade of like, I'm this tough masculine guy because anybody can get on YouTube and watch these red pill videos. But you know, is he actually like leading with examples of how he's going to live his life? And is he actually living that day in day out versus just, you know, going to do something and then not actually owning up and taking responsibility for it as a man should. Where I was going to go with um, that that last point that I was making was there's bitterness towards women that seek a man that is financially secure. And I mean extremely financially secure, the rich man. And she'll often be looked at as simply a gold digger. But think about why. Why is she more inclined to go to the man with money? Because money is security. Money secures her position, and the child's position. Are there women that get into the relationship solely for the money so that they can go buy their Louis Vuitton purse and drive a Ferrari? Yes, there are women that do that. But naturally, a woman will be more attracted to a man who is financially stable because of the security that it provides for the potential family that may result from the relationship or the marriage. 
Yeah, hypergamy is a very, very real thing that unfortunately, that's a controversial thing in itself is women going for the men that have more money or that are more financially stable. And I like this because, or I like the conversation because a lot of times I see women on TikTok, not, not anybody that I actually know, but I've seen women on TikTok saying, oh, a man has to make over six figures and has to have like all of these materialistic things in order to even take me out. But in reality, I think something that's overlooked is the type of man that we're talking about that, like, over six foot, oh, makes over six figures, he has tons of women at his disposal at his disposal that are willing and ready to just be with him. So, like, I see these young women, and a lot of they're very young women that are saying these, that are saying these type of things, but what... what is interesting too is like this whole Adam Levine thing that happened. I don't know if you're like I don't pay familiar. attention to anything. Yeah, no. Okay, that's probably better. But basically, Adam Levine, you know, obviously he's a huge singer and everything, and it came yeah. out that this young, like, twenty-year-old girl, Instagram model on TikTok, said, "I've been having an affair with him for years, and he's married to a Victoria's Secret model." Then multiple other young young women came out and said. I had an affair with him for years as well. Da, 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 da. His Victoria's Secret wife now comes out and says basically that she already knew what was going on, that he was having affairs with these women, and she was more so upset at how it came out, that she was the one who looked like she was really embarrassed, clearly, obviously, any yeah. woman would be. So a woman of high status like that understands that in her relationship she is dating this, or married to, has children, she's pregnant right now, um, he has so much access to young women, and she understands that that's what she's in for with marrying this man. So I just think that women, we should take that into consideration. Do we want to be with a man who has a ton of money and has all of these things to offer financially, but probably is not going to be that faithful to you, or we willing to be happy it's not settling but it's being happy with a man who is going to be faithful who's a normal guy who doesn't make that six figures it's being realistic about who we are as women what we can provide and the type of marriage or relationship that we are trying to be in that's going to be like a long-term a long-term thing yeah you know i was i was live for a little bit before we went on the podcast sam and they asked me, you know, what's the topic about? And I said, complimenting masculinity and femininity. And the first response I got to that was, wow, controversial. And you know what's controversial about it <laughs> is that somebody has to choose to be a feminist or somebody has to choose to be a red pill. And if you, as a man, if you don't choose to be a red pill, then you're a simp. If you choose not to be a feminist then you're anti-women. And, and, and this is the problem within our culture is everything's a controversy. We aren't looking for meaning. We look at everything so, I'm going to say it so damn surface level. And it's not surface level. As Sam and I are digging into this, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, holy cow, like this is like natural. 
All of this is natural. Your masculinity is natural. Your femininity is natural. And each person individually is responsible to respect the other half. And understanding that in her femininity, she adds those emotions. She adds the complexity to your life as a man and doesn't hinder anything that you want to, to achieve. All of your competitiveness, all of your competence, all of your logical reasoning of the world. She's not there to compete with it. The right woman isn't there to compete with it. She is there to encourage, to love, to give compassion when compassion is due, to be empathetic and encourage you to go out into the world and achieve the things that you want in life as a man. That's what a woman adds to your life as a man. So, so, so the man that's like, no, um, I'm, I'm done trying for women. Then you've been looking in all the wrong places or you've experienced the wrong type of women. Maybe it's the, I have to be with, with the woman that's a 10. Look, the true trophy wife, in my opinion, the true trophy wife isn't the 10 that wants to drive the Ferrari and the Louis Vuitton purse because of my success. That ain't a trophy wife. A trophy wife is the woman that is there with me, going down that path with me, achieving the dreams with me, encouraging me along the way. And is also there for the children. Is also there to like remind me when I'm failing. Because I'm absent of my ego. Because I'm submitting all of this to God. Look, masculine. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't get over it. It's really not controversial. Okay, this is like at its essence our nature. And, and, and what, 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 what's really fascinating about this. Really, really fascinating. Why wouldn't Satan want to drive a wedge in between how we view masculinity and femininity? The reason why he's wanting to drive that wedge in between us. So we don't get the essential need that we have in life, which is to be loved in relationship. Which is why Adam and Eve were designed to be together. How do we not get this? Where have we lost? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent, but I, I'm literally, I'm sweating right now. That fires me up so much because it, it really is just a level of concern and it's not anything. Like, like we, we, we know, Sam. We went into yeah. this series knowing that we're having controversial topics. But in the pursuit of truth, it's no longer about controversy. It's about understanding. It's about acceptance of truth. That's really what it comes down to, right? We always come back to this <laughs> because we both believe in the Bible. So, of course, the separating factor, the person or the reason that we're not on the same page, why we always wonder why we men and women can't get along and we're so different. Well, God designed us, first of all, to be different, but why we can't get along or why we think that we are each other's enemies is not because God, it's because the enemy has put that into our minds that we don't need each other. Yeah, modern society, we don't necessarily need each other to survive. But if we're talking about people who believe in God or believe in the union, then you need both parties to be participants and active participants to committing to one another. And that's that's really what it is. It's these ideas that have been planted within us to believe that we should be fighting each other 
we should not be fighting each other. We should be working together to work on resources, to work on solutions, to provide the new and younger generations to have healthier environments to grow up in. You know what? I think that's a perfect way to end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my tangent at the end for for 2 minutes and and then you hit on exactly what I was what I was going to talk about was well it's all for the the future generations. That's what it's all it about, is. yo. Mhm. Go out. You know you know I uh last episode I had uh I, I had my buddy Dalton Rumley on and we talked about what the true meaning of success is. And the true meaning of success is to be happy, healthy and loved. That's it. Because with that comes your success in, in your business because you're loved. And through that, once you're successful in your business and you have a good family, you become happy. And then because now you're happy, you're no longer seeking vices like alcohol or drugs or sex with other women or this or that. Now you're healthy. That's the true essence of success and, and, and having this conversation right here. I hope it's a success to you to realize the need to look at this, not as controversy, but as reasoning and meaning as to why we should value one another and our differences in our sexes. The intrinsic value that Sam as a woman adds to the family dynamic and the masculinity that Levi adds to the family, to the community, and his role to go out and communicate with things like this to find solutions so that future generations can go forth with the joy, love, and absent of resentment. Find the meaning in your life. That's success. Anything else you want to say, Sam? No, I think, no, I have nothing else. I have nothing else. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, if you guys enjoyed this, please go over and shoot the Instagram page a follow. If you have questions for me or for Sam, that's a way for you to reach out to us. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Let us know what you think. Let us know how we can yes, improve. Please. Like yes, totally, yeah. both of us are totally absent of ego here or absent of potentially getting hurt by you saying that it was complete trash. Just if you say it was complete trash, the only thing that Sam and I ask is why you thought it was complete trash so that we can learn from it so that we can be better. Okay. Follow us on the Facebook page. That's where you'll get the, the daily updates about what's going on on the podcast. You get daily posts over there. Subscribe on YouTube. If you enjoyed watching this, I think I do my best and sam is doing her best with the new microphone and now she's using the rear facing camera instead of the front facing camera Thank and so funny. uh so if you enjoyed the quality give us a subscribe on youtube yeah. and uh again guys i thank you so much sam thanks you so much reach out to her all of the links will be in the bottom of the description for all of the platforms follow on spotify so when a new episode comes out you get notified and leave a Apple podcast review. Everything's there for you guys to interact with us. And I appreciate each one of you. God bless. And you guys have a great rest of your week. Until next time Bye. on SNL Bye. Hot Takes. Let's go.
Mexico. That was awesome, yo. Yeah.